Oh my goodness, welcome everybody back to The New Guys, your favorite podcast. I know it's my favorite podcast. I am River Butcher, one of the hosts of this podcast. Um, I feel like you know what I do. I'm a stand-up comedian. I do all kinds of other things. Utility infielder, manager of a baseball team, and I'm joined by my co-host, the always wonderful Gabe Dunn. How are you doing, Gabe? I love when you describe yourself as a baseball player. I mean, I am. I know. It's very fun. I, uh... I'm Gabe Dunn. I'm a writer and filmmaker, and um, I do play kickball. That is a thing that I do that's sporty. Are there positions? I mean, there's positions in kickball. That was a silly question for me to be like, are there positions? Yeah, I'm like outfield. Outfield's hard. It is, mostly because it's so sunny outside. Yeah, yeah. And I am very warm out yeah, there. that makes sense. I hope you use a high SPF. And you have to throw so far. Yeah, so far. You got to throw so far. But I, I'm not, um, I'm, I think I'm getting better as the season goes on. That's the good way for uh, it to go. I, yeah, but I'm still not like at a level in which I'm not sort of beating myself mm. up at the end of every game going, you could have been better. Yeah. This is the ways you could have been better. This is rec league sports. I'm yeah. not supposed to be so hard on myself. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's an every game practice for me to not be hard on myself. And I, the thing, if I can offer this, this has helped me a lot. When mm-hmm. I start doing that is that I remind myself that there are at least eight other people on the team. <laughs> and that uh You're you know right. they also made mistakes they also did good things and we play as a team right. and like there's no one thing that actually even when even when it looks like there's a play that like you didn't make and it ended the game it's like there were multiple other times when the game could have gone differently so it's like just being that kind to myself and being the coach I wish I always had for myself is like it's hard I relate mm. deeply, which is why I'm saying this. But like, there's at and least eight other people. At everyone else for the mistakes they've made. <laughs> yeah, Cle- you're clearly <laughs> picking up what I'm putting down, Gabe. That's exactly what I'm saying. Blame everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> for those listening to the podcast, that was a real. Uh, I feel like quick one two of our personalities. <laughs> it really was. It was a real intro to our vibes. I know. Okay, <laughs> so this is. We've gotten some lovely listener email, and and I've been um, collecting those. And I I know uh, we've been busy and haven't done our transactions, but I will say, let's say in relation to this email, my transaction is starting restarting minoxidil on my face, hmm. which is um, going to hurt me. What is minoxidil? Rogaine on the face, baby. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Oh yeah. Oh, guess what River's gonna do today. <laughs> Yes. Also, can I just say, can, can I just say something before we get into it? I apologize. I didn't like run this, but I just want to say I'm going to be in Seattle the 15th and the 16th of September at the hereafter doing stand up comedy. Uh, I believe it's two shows, one on Friday, one on Saturday. I would love it if you all came. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, and if you don't go, I, Gabe Dunn, am personally angry at you. Thank you, Gabe. I appreciate that. Yeah. If you live in Seattle and you don't go. You're not my friend. Okay. Uh, I, uh, Minoxidil is Rogaine. You can put it on your face. You can get it at Costco. I have a whole bunch of it. And, um, and it, it, it will kind of burn. But if you put it on your face consistently, like twice a day for, for three months, it like, it, it can have an effect. And that is what my boyfriend did in order to have his beard, which is incredible. So I just, uh-huh. I know people get, um, hard on themselves by saying, oh, you know, mine's not growing naturally from testosterone. And I just want you to know that a lot of people that you think are doing things naturally are liars and they have secrets. There's also like, what is your definition of natural? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think everything that exists on earth 
is, you know, for that is created as natural. So it's like, I don't know, you know, give yourself a break, like we're saying. So this is the email where we'll get into it more. Hi, all. Short version of this email. Could you talk about your experiences growing a beard and any tips on how to embrace shaving? Long version. Transmasculine person here. No top surgery. Late 20s. Been about a year on testosterone. Before transition, I always had a tiny natural stash. You know, Frida Kahlo vibes. And my acne history was like one pimple a month that showed up after the previous one disappeared. I want to claw my face off now under testosterone. It feels like my facial hair is trying to cut my skin as it's coming out. The hair grows one-fourth inch in one day. I'm shaving daily. Acne's trying to colonize my neck, chest, cheeks. I'm at tool number four for shaving because I keep looking for something that doesn't rip off the acne from my skin along with the hair, which, ahem, mm. hurts. Not like an ouchie that hurt, but it's done. But like a why is my neck on fire for hours? I started testosterone because mm. I wanted a lower voice and the hair everywhere is all right except my face, even the butt hair. Unexpected, but I can live with it. I was never this high maintenance as a cis person. Now with the amount of beauty products for shaving, it's like I'm a different person. My cis dudes are making fun of me while telling me to grow it out, but I haven't had top surgery and I work in an office where dudes must shave. So I'm concerned I stand out too much. Hence, embracing shaving tips, please. Pretty please. All the dudes I saw on social media were showing off their voices, their results at the gym, their top surgery results. Why is nobody bitching about this beard self-destruction? Where are all my big babies at? Outside of my meltdown on facial hair, thank you for the show. I felt followed y'all's work since 2016. I've been enjoying y'all's iterations and changes in the content you put out throughout the years, and I'm still looking forward for what is to come. Also, note on River talking about trying to break a bat with his leg. I was surprised Gabe was surprised because to me, it felt like it checked out after watching River's comedy special on YouTube. I was like, turned around sunglasses energy checks out. The end. Stay safe, y'all. When they them. Interesting. What What is interesting? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to take that last part. So I'm just not going to comment on it. I guess you have you have cool guy energy. Yeah, I guess. And I mean, I just yeah, again, I wasn't like trying to be like a cool guy or anything. That's true. You know Sorry. I mean? It's like that's what's hard to No, no, it's you I mean, clearly like there's uh it it has like a and I don't want to take up a bunch of time no, on this. No, I know, I know. But but I'm just like I keep trying to like <laughs> I don't know I don't under I I don't get it like I wasn't trying to be a cool guy and I also understand how like it it seems that way but like that's what I keep trying to express is that I was like it worked before <laughs> maybe it wasn't we all like, just have to reevaluate what we find cool yeah yeah maybe speaking of so yes okay facial hair beard stuff I just feel like I'm out of my depth in this question because I. Uh, I just, it's just started growing and it didn't, I haven't had the issues that this person is talking about. And so I'm like, I don't, I, I wish I had more direct experience to offer. Uh, but I, I don't know, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, it's just been so easy. It's like not like it didn't grow for me right away. It took a long time. Um, and then I just have wanted it. So I just haven't really shaved very much. My shaving is like very just like trimming and like manicuring it i guess you know taking care of it i will say you you love your beard that's like your I your like, like favorite yes. thing yes so why when how long did it take on testosterone for it to start growing and like how did it feel and how does it feel now having it uh i mean i feel like it it really feels like it took forever like i'm i'm 3 years on testosterone i started on a lower dose and i built up i didn't start right away on a heavier dose so i don't know what it would have been if i would have started on a like quote unquote transition dose like they call it um and i mean i started having like small 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 like 
hairs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> happening. And like, I remember being like, oh, it's happening. I remember feeling like, oh, it's happening. And then seeing photos from that time and being like, oh, it was barely happening. You know, like it was mm. mostly like my sideburns started growing down and there was just a couple things and then like patchy little goatee kind of thing for mm. like the longest time. And then I, I don't remember when I feel like this last year it just like kicked in, you know, because this mm -hmm. last year has been a two years on a full transition dose. So I feel like it's taken mm -hmm. that long for it to actually grow in. And it's still like my mustache is very blonde and light. The hair is very light, which I'm fine with, like stay light and soft. I don't, you know, it could be because I don't shave it. You know, I don't really know. But like, right. It has taken some time, you know, uh, it did grow everywhere else but my face, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But now it's like it's a beard. The thing that um, the thing that happens with it now is like the I don't know that I'll ever I, who knows if I'll ever be able to have like length, you know, like, yeah, like, a, a like actual, Santa. <laughs> yeah, like an actual lumberjack. I don't know if that's going to actually be possible for me. It's going to take a long time. You know, like I yeah. think seven years is like what people say uh, for it to have like the momentum that it needs, you know, um, in terms of the science of your body. But I enjoy it. And I, you know, I, I feel for this person like it being like a painful experience that stinks, you know. So I am closer to this person's experience mm -hmm. in that I have experienced now like acne on my jawline, acne on my chin, um, where I didn't used to have it. Uh, and it's definitely due to hair growth, like for sure. I could feel like the hair's growing. And, you know, I've been told to do all this kind of stuff, like derma rolling and mm -hmm. everything like that, uh -huh. um, which people have mixed opinions about. The minoxidil, uh, it does burn, I will say, but like, you know, it's sort of a deciding, like, am I going to go through three months of my skin kind of burning and being a little red for long-term goals? Uh, for me, I started doing it and I was like, I, I can't do it. But now I've <laughs> come to a place where I'm like, oh, maybe it's worth it to just like look weird for like three months and then have the beard that I want to have. I started doing it just on my mustache, which is how my mustache got to be where it is. Uh, wow. And I always, I feel so yeah. no, wow. deceived. It's just you know, do you feel deceived? No, not no, not at all. I not at all. I just feel like better, <laughs> you know, because I'm just oh, like, how yeah. did it happen? How did it happen? Because it feels so distinctly solid. And I was just like, well, you know, different people have different experiences. This still lines up with different people have different experiences. I just didn't yes. know you were using that, and I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense now. How cool. I love to be transparent about this stuff. Even when I was a woman, I was very transparent. If someone said, I like your eyebrows, I would be like, they're microbladed. If someone said, I like your lips, uh -huh. I'll be like, that's filler. Like I, yep. anything that you want in transition, largely, if, if you want to focus on that, you can go get it in a way that isn't just relying on the testosterone. Like there are other yep. things you can, you can go towards and do, you know, there's, and I think. I think trans guys feel like if it's not happening naturally, I can't I can't look into a way to get it. But you you can. There's other things. That's why I said at the beginning when I said your definition of natural, I didn't mean you. I meant right. anybody's, you know, where I'm right. like, let set that aside, you know, mm -hmm. like that that we because so, I think that is old. You know, it's old conditioning. I think it's capitalism. I think it's all patriarchy. It's all these things telling you that if you can't somehow 
pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is not a real thing anyway, which was actually a, a satire to begin with, that you don't deserve it. And it's like, no, it's here to be used. It's here to be used. So my, I guess my question is, do you think that this it's minoxidil? Is that what it's called? Minoxidil. I can't believe I'm telling you this. Well, sure. I mean, I just didn't look into it. So, like, do you think that this would, because it seems counterintuitive, but do you think that this would help this person then? Because their issue is that they have to shave so much. So, would the, uh, to me, it seems counterintuitive that you would want more hair to get through this situation. Or do you think? No, what, what... I mean, it depends on what their long-term goals are. If they're planning on getting top surgery, if they're planning on having a job where this uh -huh. isn't so intense or if they do get top surgery and they start presenting at their job as you know male whatever that means um uh -huh. like that but um in terms of like there's a lot of resources for skincare like not just if you don't if you can't go to a dermatologist but like our skincare addiction or our skincare on reddit are have been really helpful to me mm -hmm. um i've also kind of just accepted that this is gonna suck like i've kind of come to <laughs> yeah. a situation where i'm like my face is going to have acne. This is going to suck. Like, and I've always kind of struggled with very sensitive skin anyway. And mm -hmm. um, I had to reframe it in a lot of ways in my mind. Like I would not want to go out because I had a pimple or I had a pimple that hurt. And I started being like, you know what? People would rather have me there and have my presence and love me and, and hang out with me than for me to isolate myself because I have a pimple. Like, I yeah, would rather, like, nobody, but, like, it's embarrassing and it sucks. And, like, yeah, I no, do I often it. feel, like, you know, super self-conscious. But at the same time, I'm like, so is the solution to to not go see my friends? And they're going to be like, I hate that Gabe mm -hmm. came with that pimple, you know? like <laughs> Right, So, yeah. like, and it is also painful. Like, I ice my pimples sometimes or mm -hmm. I try to, like, um, use Aquaphor. That's another one that's been, mm -hmm. like, really helpful in terms of mm -hmm. helping, soothing the skin. That's not that expensive, um, but it is like it is it is hard. Yeah. And that what you're saying, you know, to to bring it back specifically to this person, like you just have to keep like Gabe is saying, you just have to keep trying the things and, and find what works for you. And sometimes we try few things and then we find it. Sometimes we just keep trying, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. just happens to be what it is. And what I would offer in, you know, taking from what you're saying, Gabe, to this person is like as best you can letting go of this idea that you're high maintenance because like whether you are or aren't is like, it's ultimately up to you, you know? And like, it's, it, you know, the theme I feel like of the beginning of this episode is being hard on yourself. And it's like, that's being hard on yourself. Like telling yourself that you, and what gave, you know, what you're saying is like, do I isolate or do I go out? So it's like, do I just, Either accept that I'm high maintenance or let go of that idea. They're essentially the same to me, whichever one works for you. And just be like, yeah, this is like a thing that I'm dealing with, you know? And like other people's opinion on it just doesn't really matter, you know? <laughs> As best Plenty you can. Plenty of cis dudes are high maintenance. Plenty. And like whatever yeah, and that means, you know? it all depends on your you know? definition of it. Yes, yeah. Precisely. It's not even high maintenance. It's, it's like maintenance. medically taking care of yourself. Yeah, it's, it's literally care. medical. You're in pain. Like this is a yeah. medical issue. And you just got to try the things that you got to try for you. And like, I mean, also just to say, like, if you want to stay on testosterone because it does what you want for your voice and you don't want to do these other things, there's electrolysis, <laughs> you know, like it's mm -hmm. like you, you just get to do whatever you feel is right for you, you know, and like sometimes the road is bumpy. 
you know, and then there's some pavement and then it's bumpy again and then it's sand and then oh, it's water. That's weird. You know, so it's just kind of like a big, a big old part of life. But I mean, and I say that not to be like big old part of life, get deal with it. It's like, hey, big old part of life. I feel for you, you know, because mm-hmm. I've got something that's that's that for me, you know, and it is like Gabe said learning that it's taking care of yourself, you know, no matter what other people are saying about it. And you have to just like, let that stuff go because what works for Gabe doesn't work for river. And what works for river doesn't work for Gabe. You know, that's why we do the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I, and I just have my three little, I just want to say that the goatee is really coming in for me. And I'm like, really? Oh, the chin, the soul patch, the soul patch, not chin strap. The soul patch is what's deciding to grow. Fine, yeah. I'm that guy now. Well, mine is really mine is taking its sweet time. It's just barely there. I'm like, that's the thing. You're like, that's what's, and I'm like, I wish I had that because I feel like mine is all like under my ne- chin, and it's like my neck, you know. Yeah, but it is, it is come, it is come in. I mean, yours is good, but I've been told if you shave it down, it might like not. Look, I don't know. I, there's so many tips and tricks that you can find. I, I were you gonna say if you shave it down, it comes in thicker? That's because yeah. that's like a myth. That's not a real thing. It changes, it actually changes the texture of the hair because it's been cut. And so it gives the feeling of more oh. because it's more coarse, but it actually doesn't oh. affect like um, the real estate, if you will. And so that's why I didn't do that because I didn't, mm. I shaved when I was in uh, <laughs> Toronto in February of 2022. And so it's taken like a year for it to look like this. And it did. I, to it. me, it made no difference in terms of that. And it Got took it. so long for it to come back. And for me, I feel, and this is just me, an amount of gender dysphoria when I don't have it, especially when yeah. I have a freshly shaved face. I look like how I used to look to myself. Got it. Might be different now with a different haircut, but I, I felt at the time I was like, oh, I'm not doing that again. But I personally love the 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 method and and the the activity of shaving. I mean, I used to like shave my face uh when I was like 7 cuz I wanted to do it, you know? It's like duh. <laughs> Aww. Who who was who's been a boy the whole time, you know? But That's sweet. Um, yeah, well, I hope that was cute. helpful. I hope that was yeah. helpful when and um and stick around after. Yeah, we're pulling for you, baby. And stick around after the break. We're going to be talking to Eli Percy. Um, and if you want to write into the new guys, you can do so at the new guys podcast at gmail.com. And if you have tips for when, please write in. Yeah, please do. And leave us a five star Apple review. Leave us do a five star Apple review. Thank you for your service. Okay. See you soon. What's up, new guys listeners? It's River Butcher here to let you know that I'm going to be in Seattle at the Crocodile on the 15th and 16th of September. Uh, Tickets are at my website, riverbutcher.com. And then I'll also be at JFL Toronto, um, the 27th through the 30th, perhaps the 26th as well. Uh, But I'll be there for most of the festival. I can't wait to see you all. You can get tickets and more info at my website, riverbutcher.com. Welcome back to the new guys. We are here with our very exciting guest. Um, all the way from Scotland. Uh, can you tell us who you are, Eli Percy? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Eli. I'm a Scottish writer. Um, <laughs> what else do you want to know? <laughs> what What kind of stuff do you write? At the moment, I'm working on 
a crime novel, which I realised recently is actually a crime coming of age novel. Apparently, I write coming of age stuff, oh. and it's about uh, it. It centres around the life of um, Alan Cassidy, who is an ex Elvis impersonator, um, and a trans man, and his journey as a performer and a transgender man um, intersects with the solving of a murder in this book. Wow, a new kind of in- intersectional. <laughs> Oh my That's goodness. Great. It's really great to meet you, Eli. We were on early, uh, just the two of us, uh, and you were like, I hope you can understand my accent. And I was like, I hope you can understand mine. <laughs> True. <laughs> but I and I also said like a lot of my family, specifically my mom's side, is from Scotland. So I gotta it's like personally great to hear your accent. <laughs> I missed it, you know? Like I missed it a lot. It's great. Have you been to Scotland? I haven't yet. I've only been to Ireland. Uh, I went for the Vodafone Comedy Festival a bunch of years ago mm-hmm. and was like, uh, you know, like uh, my part of my mom's family is Irish. And uh, I I didn't think, I don't know. I just went and I was like excited to go. I thought it was really cool. I wanted to see it. And then I got there and I was like, oh my God, I look like I'm related to, like you look like all of my family members. <laughs> like I just, I didn't put two and two together. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, I, you know, whatever. And then I got there and I was like, oh, that's how this, I forgot how this actually works. <laughs> oh like, gosh. you all look like you're in the photos I've looked at my entire life. <laughs> Are you, were you born in Scotland? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sent to the earlier. I'm from a tiny wee town called Renfrew, which is about six miles outside Glasgow. Um, but, and I, and I grew up there, but I now live in Edinburgh. So, okay, so I, wanted to have you on because you reached out and also i i think like the agender community is something that we don't talk about enough in regards to conversations about transness but i want to like get into your journey and stuff but first like can you explain like what that means to you um for me it just simply means that i don't have any connection to gender um I tried for a long time performing different genders. Um, I went from being, uh, well, I, I, I came out in 2001, first of, first of all, as not straight. And then, and then um, I, and I said I was gay. Then um, 2002, I started saying I'm not really a man or a woman. And I was, I was saying oh, I'm gender neutral because there wasn't any other language. So that's what I was saying at the time because it just, I, I just thought, oh, just this just doesn't, none of this works for me. Um, and then it wasn't until 2017 that I'd came out and I said, oh, I'm not cis. <laughs> and then I was not, yeah. and then I was non-binary. And my ex at the time said, what the hell? What the, what the hell? What, what are you? And she'd drawn this thing that was like man on one side, woman on the other side. And she's like, are you in the middle? And I'm like, no, I'm north yeah. of the middle. I'm not even on that, that's, that, that line you've drawn. Um, she's like, oh, so you're agender. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I know that word. Haven't heard that song yet. Yeah. I was like, that, and and thing thing was, I'd met one person at that point who was um who who I knew was a trans person. Um, I didn't know I didn't know what what gender they were. I just knew they were trans, and I'd never I, I wasn't going to go up and say like, hey, what are you? You know. But I also knew that they were the only trans person that I'd ever met who was really androgynous, who had long curly hair. And mm-hmm. and funnily enough, their agender, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and that was the only agender person that I'd ever met, and I didn't meet anybody else for a long, long time. Um, it's only been like more recently that folk have started saying, "Oh, I think I might be agender as well." <laughs> so that means to you, like, not because I I've never really talked about this, but that was my first label that I had privately. 
That's what I, I was looking up the flag. I was looking up uh, Instagram accounts about agender. And it was mostly just a thing that I felt like in my heart, I was like, this is hitting for me. But I, but, and I was like, okay, I think in my head, I thought of it as an extension of non-binary or something, but I like you saying that it's like not even on the spectrum. It's just sort of saying like, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, like I'm just, I don't have a gender. Yeah, I don't have a gender. I, th- I think I'm happy. I-, I believe that it falls under trans and non-binary, but it's not. A-, a lot of people think that non-binary means you must be a mixture or a- in the middle. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's a trans identity um, because it's not cis, but it's not. I mean, I don't I don't even like using I don't like using mix as a title. Because it sounds like oh. me, like it's a mi- and and that that one other agender person that I that I knew a few years ago also didn't like using mix. Mx period. Yeah, it sounds like you're a mixture, and I'm like, I'm not a fucking uh, mixture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really, uh, I, I, I really vibe with and resonate um, with. You know, to me, it's like this. The I, I like spectrum, but it's. No, there's not like a line you know like I, I i i this is my experience is that like male female are like poles you know and you have poles on a globe right and like th- then a globe is a very is a is a very expansive like circular non-linear thing um and i love that you said i'm like north of that you know because it's like where you know like it, and I get it, like human beings, we we need we our, our lizard brain like wants black and white because that's how we survive. And mm-hmm. then it comes through in these things that are like not actually, you know, like not actually in a in in this conversation. Like we don't need this to survive. Like for me to understand you the way I need to understand you does not like make me need to. You know, you know what I mean? It's like it just. So that expansion is always what I'm looking for. And I find that really interesting. Did you feel like, how did that start to manifest in your daily life? Were you like, okay, I'm going to change my pronouns, going to change what I look like. Like, how did, how did that coming to that label start to like, um, you know, you're like, now I'm going to use this in life. I think, well, way back in 2002, when I was saying I'm not a man or a woman and I was doing, I did some drag king workshops with, uh, I don't know if you know who Diane Torres, um, she's, She's dead now, but she was um a really well known drag king in America, and she she toured and she did she did workshops everywhere. She also had Scottish family. I think she was actually originally from Aberdeen, um, and she did workshops at the Glasgow Women's Library. So at that time, that was when I started thinking about gender because up until then, I hadn't really thought about gender at all. I'd had a brain injury as a kid. Um, so I had more important things to think about. I think my family were had more important things to think about. I was a bit weird anyway. So oh yeah. <laughs> and they just think, oh, I was a bit weird because I'd had a brain injury. They weren't going to be. Mm-hmm. They, they they weren't. So they weren't really saying to me, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, that, and next thing you should be doing that because you're a girl or whatever. Um, they weren't saying that yeah. to me because there was more important things. So when I'd come out and I'd come out as gay, and then I started thinking about um. Like people were saying, oh, you butch, you femme. And I was like, try to have, I'm like a femme this week and butch the next week, drag king the next week. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I like, oh, it felt like a performance to me. So I was just saying, oh, I'm I'm neutral. I'm neutral about gender. Um, and that didn't go down very well in the, the lesbian community at that time period. <laughs> and that time period was when? 2002. Yeah, yeah, very early. You were butch, you were femme. You were yeah. not allowed to be anything else. And you're also, you were gay, you were straight. You couldn't even be bisexual then. 
I know. Yeah, it's isn't that so interesting? Like the and I mean, I feel like Gabe can resonate with this as well. Like how how much uh, solidarity there is between, you know, trans people and bisexual people. Not to say there aren't bisexual trans people. I am one. But just that like bisexual cis people and then transgender people. I just have found so much uh, in common and so much empathy because it's. It, it, it's seeking that thing that I was just talking about. It's like, no, it's black and white. You can't mm-hmm. you can't do this thing. And I feel like, and I'm curious, Eli, your feelings of this, that it's usually typically because the person that's saying you can't be this is A, saying I can't be this, and B, saying if you can be this, then it means I could and I don't want to be. And it's like, that's cool. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's cool, man. Don't then, you know? like <laughs> yeah, I won't go into a whole spiel about bisexual people that I met in the 2000s, but I did meet some people who were saying, um, or, you, you know, people thought they were lesbian and later they would say, actually, don't tell anybody. But I'm 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 bisexual. I'm bisexual. I've got a boyfriend in this, and I, I was just like, "This is shit." By the way, I'm not bi, but I'm like, "What the fuck? How? Why does it matter what who you're sleeping with? Or you're still you're still queer. You're still you can still be part of our group." Um, but and and I th- I think it's gotten a little bit better, but I, st- mm-hmm. I think it's still quite bad. But it was by people that when I came out and said I'm agender, and I said I'll change my name and stuff like that. What I got from the bifolk was just like, how are you spelling your name? I'll, I just put that on your phone right now. And then it was just like, so where are we going for dinner? You know, that was yeah, just yeah. that. That was a three second thing where they just updated you on the phone. Um, with with straight friends that, that were happy, it was kind of more like, I don't know what this means. Um, you, know, you know, and with some, so, and with some like gay friends, it was just like, Okay, I know what that is. Do you need to talk about it? Or and well, some people were just not very nice, and you know, yeah, but that's but for the people who were who were good. It tended to be that the the sort of gay folk were like, oh, okay, um, like how can we support you? Uh, straights were just like, ah, like <laughs> what what, what can we'll change I, right now? Yeah, what can I what can I read? Sort of thing. And one of my friends who's who's straight said to me, oh. You, you know, you told me this back in like two thousand and two. You know, you told me that she was like, and I was like, "Do you remember this?" And she's just like, "Yeah." She's like, "I just thought it was a gay thing, and you never mentioned that again." So I thought maybe you're a bit drunk, or wow. <laughs> but she she remembered it. Yeah. So when so you, I mean, there weren't the terms really non-binary, and they them wasn't weren't like you know hot button words in 2002 so did you feel like okay i should change my name i should change the way i dress i should change my pronouns you just kind of were like this is what i am because i already am this yeah i just said this is i'm not really a man or a woman i was doing i was doing all this drag king and stuff um it never occurred to me that you could like change your pronouns or your name unless you were a trans man and i was like i was pretty sure i wasn't I, mm-hmm. I'd looked. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, there were a, a few sort of video diaries, and I'd met. Um, there was one person who came to our youth group and did a talk, and I'm like, you know, there was there's a lot of stuff there that I did relate to, but but I don't. I'm definitely not a man. I'm like, I, <laughs> there was some mm-hmm. stuff that was just not that was, and and I did go through a, a whole thing, doing a whole rabbit hole of looking for stuff on the internet, um, thinking, am I a man? Am I in denial? And I'm like, but I always came back to the same thing that. No, I just, but I just didn't feel like a woman either. So then, when you found that, when you like heard and saw this other person, 
because I'm just curious, do you consider a gender for you? Do you consider that a label or an identity? Because I'm I'm very much on the uh, <laughs> I'm very much on the thing of like it's labels are something I put on other people, and identity is something that I am and that I have and is mine and can change and labels can change. You know all those things, but a label is not something that I put on myself. You know, like it is within me, and so I'm just curious if that was more your experience of finding finding that like identity that word that the word and then the experience like the alchemy of that um in your experience i think queer feels like all of me i mean i didn't ever i, I mean the, the word gender queer did exist back then but it just didn't oh, yeah. resonate with me because i felt mm-hmm. like well Every part of me is queer anyway. I'm I'm vegan. I've been vegan since the nineties, <laughs> yes. right? That was yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a brain injury. That was weird. You know, I'm neurodivergent. I've all these things that are already queer. I, so I like call my gender queer. Doesn't it, it? It felt as if it would be putting an emphasis on a gender that I don't have. And for, I don't know. It's it's like I wish there was another word that didn't have gender in it to describe <laughs> me. <laughs> right, right. I know. It's like, why do I have to have a word to describe me that has yeah. the thing that I'm not? Well, I feel like the, that word, the word, because, yeah, it's it's such an interesting experience to be like, that has the word that I'm not. So, like, I think the word that is that is Eli. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. to I've never thought about um, those labels, uh, like aromantic or asexual or agender, being defined by what they are opposite of. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. We got to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn more about a spectrum identities because I don't know very I don't I don't know very much, but it seems to be that the agender people that I meet, they they tend they tend to be asexual or aromantic as well. Um so that's mm. really interesting for me, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's like I'm a weirdo in my own community again. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's like I don't have like I can't visualize things right, and I don't have very much a sense of smell. Um, I've got almost no mm-hmm. sense of smell, but it's like those things don't really matter. They've never really mattered to me because mm-hmm. unless you go to a meditation workshop, nobody's asking you to like visualize anything. <laughs> um, sure, yeah. You know, and if you say to somebody. I can't, you know, someone smell this perfume and I say, oh, I can't smell that. I can maybe smell peppermint. I can smell a couple of things. I can smell some of the time. So nobody's, nobody's going to say, oh, you're you're making that up. You're lying. You can smell stuff. Um, <laughs> but mm. when you say you don't have a gender, people oh. get really upset. Yeah, they really do. They just they start screaming at you and saying, no, you have to pick something. You know, you have to be something. And I'm like, I'm like why do I need to tick a box? Why? Go to Superdrug. Why do I get a Superdrug card? Why do I need to get a card and tick off what my gender is on your store mm-hmm. card to buy toothpaste? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not even relevant. Yeah. yeah. It's it's actually not. And I think maybe I've brought this up on the show before, but I can't, I can't remember actually. But um, at least in the United States, I don't know internationally. Um, <clears throat> we didn't actually have gender on our ID cards, like on our driver's licenses and our passports until like the 70s. Whoa. And it was a, you know, one of the many blank spots of the, I will say, white feminist movement mm-hmm. um, to like sort of push for like F's to be on. Like it was like this mistaken thing. Essentially the movement was not necessarily directed only towards queer people, but it was a xenophobic thing because 
people who were immigrating here, you know, in other countries, culturally, genders don't present themselves as very distinctly different in other, you know, mm. other non-American countries. And so it was a way to, um, you know, oppress uh immigrants and like force conformity uh into this sort of you know very uh you know american gendered thing and it's like when you really stop and consider it um does my gender need to be on that identity no like it says my name it says where i live and it has a picture of me do i look like the picture (laughs) <laughs> yes, great. Moving on. You know, like that's actually it. You know, like in in my utopia we wouldn't even need those. But we you know, we don't need, you know, cuz some like I was excited when we added X in this country and then I learned about that and I was like, "Oh, we don't need any of it actually." Like I'm way more on, you know, the Eli vibe when it comes to that. It's like actually no. <laughs> Like even even if you have a gender, it's it it's it superiorizes one to ha- you know. So it's like Actually, if the baseline is to not have one, then to have one is just simply in concert with not having one. Do you have the X gender marker in Scotland? We don't. And I think I think when um, when it was first suggested, I was like really excited. And I was just like, I want this. And then I sort of thought that could be quite dangerous if you're going somewhere yeah. outside your country and they're not happy. About, uh, no, I don't know. I, th- I think if, if everybody had the option to opt in, and wanted a marker, then wouldn't that be better? Because I, I don't see mm-hmm. why we need it. And like you said, just yeah. have it, your picture. Do you look like your picture? <laughs> You're right. Moving on. <laughs> so in 2017, were you, did you feel like when you found the word, did you feel like, okay, I'm emboldened to now, uh, like, you know, speak about this or did you feel like I want to find community or I want to find like more people who identify this way um did that kind of open doors for you I think first of all I was it was much easier coming out as gay because I was just like oh that never occurred to me that I that that I was Mm -hmm. gay brilliant now I'm going to go and find (laughs) all the gay people um coming out as as trans coming out as um as something else again it was much harder because I felt like I'd already had the lesbians had had reacted so negatively that I didn't mm. want to come out again. But it had gone to the point where it felt excruciating when people were referring to me as a woman, um, because mm-hmm. I just it just wasn't it just wasn't me, um. So so yeah, but when I finally found the the the, the sort of label, if you like, um, I was like, right, what what now Mm -hmm. this is the thing that i am this is what i've always been and i bloody worked it out all those years ago and i think i was quite angry that i'd wasted i felt like i'd wasted 16 years of my life you know uh, or 15 years of my life um having not having not stuck to my guns and just just said no this is who i am Mm -hmm. another time i was i was living in england at the time and i was going to a center where there were some other non-binary people and there was one one agender person so i kind of sort of gravitated towards that person. So there was somebody that I could that I could talk to. Um and we had some kind of fun conversations about like the ways in which we thought we were a little bit different from some of the other non-binary people. Because I, I guess they were talking about being a, a mixture of genders or being in the middle and um I've never been able to pin down ex- exactly what 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 was different except that we just didn't want to be called mix and um there was uh something else 
like a an assumption of a, a binary, I guess, in some ways, because I know non-binary people often say like both and neither. And so neither would apply. Yeah. But then I always thought when I was looking into a gender identity, it was like because I had started saying, well, obviously womanhood is a costume and I've just chosen to wear this costume because the party invite said this is the costume, <laughs> the party being Earth. So I was like, that's the that's the dress code for the party. Um, and so, you know, in order to go to the party, you got to look like this. And my friend was like, I've literally never once thought that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, you could wear the other costume, but that seems like it'll cause you a lot of stress. So then I was like, well, OK, if I see it all as a costume and it's all relative, then a gender sort of fits. Um, but then it was like, well, you can choose whatever identity feels right to you and you don't have to and you can mix and match of like, you know, do you go on testosterone? Do you change your name? Do you change your pronouns? Things like that in all ways. But yeah, I. I think like, does that make sense? Like, I felt like a gender was like, I'm I exclude myself from this narrative. And you know what it was that they were talking about? People were talking about their gender presentation, and we couldn't join in because we said we thought, well, what are we presenting? <laughs> Nothing. Yes, <laughs> that's it. I couldn't quite remember what it was, but that was it. And the conversations tended to be around around that. So we'd be sitting there going, so. Did you call your insurance company? Have they changed their name yet? Because <laughs> we both had the same problem with the insurance company wouldn't let us have we could be we could be Mr, Mrs, Doctor, Miss, Ms, Duchess. Uh, <laughs> it was like like right honourable, but they couldn't have they, they, they didn't have anything that was that was relevant to us. Um I was oh my god. And then I got really annoyed about that. But these are really small things that are Luckily, luckily now they are changing but there, it was tiny wee microaggressions of that every single day and mm-hmm. folk were like oh you know you could be worse off and I'm like oh I know that but it's, <laughs> it's like you yeah. treat me like a normal person just just like the average person doesn't have to go through these tiny wee things every day yeah and I think it's hard for people to like cis people specifically who don't go th- through those things to just sort of pass it off as like well it's your fault (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and it's like it's such a you know i get it it's a very human response you know to be like well just don't do that then you know but pick something easier but it's like the the loving response is to go like oh that's probably really difficult because the like you know i i i did like quote pick one or whatever but there was a time that i didn't and i i that it i like i really relate to that how that felt it's just like a daily like the slowest grind mm-hmm. of just like ugh, like you know like all all i wish to do is to move three freely about the world you know mm-hmm. um and it's and it makes it so difficult it's just like there's constantly like sand in your peanut butter you know yeah. <laughs> and you're just like uh, uh if i just if i could just do and it's like realizing how silly those salutations even are you know like mm-hmm. I, like the new york times like won't you know, I think they've recently started using mix or whatever. But they won't. They will not drop this whole like fake. It's right. like this is all made up. The whole thing is made up, and we're poking holes in it, and that's why you don't like it. Yeah, you know. Have you found um, a gender community, especially because you write a lot of a gender characters? I can think of three people that I've met 
So um, two of them are other writers. Mm -hmm. So that's really nice. And um, and one of them I, I see because they work in the bookshop round the, round the corner from my house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really nice. Um, so that's that's really really nice. And they actually wrote a a book about ace identities, which I've not read. And they wrote a book about non-binary identities. Um, and while writing the book, I think it was while they were writing the book, or just after they finished the book, they said to me, "I think I think I'm a gender." <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you write characters like that? Well, I hadn't I hadn't written that many. I hadn't really written any non-binary characters. Um, in my fiction before I wrote a memoir when I, I had a memoir published when in 2002 and there's a bit in that book <laughs> where I'm actually where I'm actually talking and it's before and it was even before I came out as as, as anything where I'm talking about um feeling genderless and I've, I've actually used z and zar pronouns and stuff in mm. this but and I hadn't I hadn't met anybody that was that was I I must have maybe known a couple of people who were queer from high school that weren't really out or that have came out since but I didn't know anything about the LGBT community you know and I've I, I don't even know where I got the the I must have read something somewhere yeah. and I've looked back on it and I thought Jesus Christ it was there the whole time yeah it's always and there then, that's the thing in 20, 2021 um I went to the Glasgow Women's Library because I thought this will be the answer. This will they'll tell me what I am there, um. And they were doing a screenwriting workshop, and I ended up writing and directing a short film, um, twenty two years ago, shown at Glasgow, which was um a lesbian film, and I'm explaining this so you can see the sort of the the how it how it how it changed over time. Um, that film's coming out again. Um, getting shown next month. Terribly dated, <laughs> but ever uh -huh. since I ever since I wrote that, and ever since I I'd, I'd come out, I just thought this is what I want to write. I don't want to write creative nonfiction. I don't want. I I want to write about queer people. I want to write about people who live in the margins. I want to write about the LGBT community. So that's what I did for twenty two years. Um, <laughs> realized I hadn't really written about being agender. It felt too close to me. It, mm -hmm. it felt like I like to write about people who are slightly tangential from my own identity where some of the things relate to me, but some of them don't, um, get a bit of distance. Um, but I was seeing more and more that there was not really any agenda representation anywhere. So I thought, fuck it. If I don't do it, who else is going to do it? Yeah. yeah, because the representation, it seems like, was so small. Like, if you hadn't met that one other person, you might not have known even that that existed. And you're talking about you don't you didn't know you don't remember how you knew about neo pronouns, which I guess is what they're called. Um, Maybe reading sci fi stuff. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because I started writing that memoir in nineteen. My God. 1997 okay it was published in 2002 but mm -hmm. like i got the book deal in 2001 so the book was written 2001 before before i'd you know i remember going to i remember going to the workshop for screenwriting and getting a phone call beforehand and it was my second workshop and they were saying i'd got this book deal and i'm like That's awesome. <laughs> it was so weird it's also like i mean it just feels to me too that you kind of said it was there the whole time like mm -hmm. i feel like that's the that is the thing that we do have in common is that like, even if, it, I mean, I just am like, yeah, it was, it was in the ether, you know, those pronouns were in the ether when you were, you know, creating and like 
channeling these these ideas and it's like it just comes to you that's it just comes to you whether it's like material or not you know mm-hmm. like these things are present and around and i also like this is not if we were not on a podcast this is not a question i would ask but i'm asking because people are listening and i think that people often listen to gain experience you know whether passively or directly or whatever and so i'm curious if you would be willing to share what your pronouns that you use currently and like what salutation you would use or if you would rather to not use any like i think i I think people would probably love to hear that if that's cool with you uh them pronouns um and i would prefer not to use any title but sometimes Mm -hmm. people will insist that you use a title so Mm -hmm. i will use if, if it's the only option i will use mix because then mm-hmm. it, it's more representation for non-binary people, gender non-conforming people. Um, but I would, I would, I just don't, I don't think I even need yeah. one. I was going to yeah, do a it's... PhD so I could be called doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just a non-stop parade of, of non-binary <laughs> and agender PhDs solely. <laughs> Just getting PhDs in the just for the salutation. Stuff. Yeah, just for the salutation. <laughs> oh, you went to medical school. Wow, you're in your residency. You really spent a lot of time doing this purely for the gender of it all, <laughs> or the la- lack thereof. Right. I'm committed to not having a gender, so now I'm a surgeon. <laughs> I mean, doctor is like the ultimate not gendered thing. There's a whole joke about it. Right. <laughs> right. Do you guys have that joke in Scotland? Eli? You know, it, it's it's the whole it's anything can be a doctor. Yeah, you have like a, a silly like riddle in America. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have this riddle where it's like they used to try to catch people being sexist, where they'd be like, "Oh, a uh, a guy gets in a car accident." No, no, and, no. Hang on. Can wait, I... what is it? Yeah, tell <laughs> let the me riddle. tell it because I brought it up, <laughs> so I want to tell it. Yeah, you're the comedian. Okay, so. A uh, a young child is hit by a car. Mm. Uh, a ten year old boy is hit by a car. Uh, his his father is called and rushed to the ambulance. They're in an ambulance. They go to the hospital. They get to the hospital. The child is in critical condition, and they rush him through. His father is right there in in the ER. The ER doctor comes over, sees the child, takes one look at him, and says, "I cannot operate on this child. Why not?" That's the riddle. Because the doctor is his mother. <laughs> and the point is that everybody says like, uh, because uh, of religion. And they clearly know, you know, it's like supposed to, it's this like thought thing, you know, that like, well, I'm his mother, you know, but like you would never think that it's that. And like, there's some truth to that because it's a, you know, it's a commentary on our culture and our bias in society. And so like, to me, this is just a nice loop closing of like, if, you know, uh, agender, non-binary, non-gender, genderqueer people all became doctors. It would render this joke very moot, which would be liberation, I think, for all. Honestly. The updated <laughs> version of that joke is like the doctor can't operate on on the Why? child. They're uh, they're they're their non-gendered parent in the polycule. Well, <laughs> yeah, like- or they can't operate on this child because they're a doctor of philosophy. <laughs> They're an agent or doctor of philosophy in the lobby. They're not a physician. I can't operate on this child. Uh, I raised them as a village in a four-person home in Portland. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that's that's interesting that there there isn't that much community. I mean, I looked, too, on Instagram to, like, 
and I found like a few, like two Instagram accounts and they were very defunct in terms of like a gender community. <laughs> well, I'm very curious to sort of uh, shift into a different community. Like how, how did you find writing and how did, how did that become, um, cause I loved when you were talking about like you already had all this queerness and I loved that your, your personal definition of queerness is not uh, specific only to gender or, you know, sexual attraction, orientation or romantic attraction. Um, cause I think that's really important right now. I think that's like the front, the new frontier. And I think it's a really important one for people to begin to understand that we are not this isolated thing. Actually, like there's a lot of queerness in there and I would rather round up than round down personally <laughs> in terms of liberation. Um, and so I'm curious if, that if writing creative writing as as an outlet as a purpose as any of these things like if that sort of falls into that queerness experience for you i mean obviously you write about queerness it's part of what you write about that's very literal but like in terms of your experience eli as a writer like does that does that resonate with you yeah i mean i think one of the things when i when i say I when I before I'd even come out again as a gender, I'd said to some other writers, No, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change my name and they were horrified and they said, But you've got all this this work. You would be losing mm -hmm. all that and it was just the idea that people thought that I would have to like cleave that and, and I hadn't even told them I was coming out as anything else at that point. And then I thought a little while later I was like, actually fuck it, no, I'm doing this. I'm not if I'm if I'm coming out as a gender, I'm changing my name as well. I this is the opportunity to to do it. My name never felt like my old name never felt like mine. So I'm mm -hmm. doing it. Um and the funny thing was I did I I did have a sort of God, am I gonna can I can I claim this password as mine? Mm -hmm. And I went around a few different magazines and stuff like that and I said, look, you do reprints, right? I've got this story <laughs> published <laughs> a couple of years ago. Will you reprint it? You know, I'm an agenda person. And a lot of like small press magazines said yes. Oh wow. That's awesome. Some said no because it wasn't yeah. for them or because they just said no, we don't do reprints anymore. But there was quite a few people who got behind it and actually said, Yeah, we'll do this for you. We like the story. Um so that in itself felt as though it was a sort of queer re reclamation, yeah, yeah. if you like. Um but it, it is it is strange because I still get people saying, um, what did your name used to be? And I have to sort of take a breath and think, they're not always asking because they're dicks. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they're asking because they want to find your writing. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> deeply I relate to this, this Eli. Because I know that you had a book out under your old name. Um, did you did you find the same thing? I had actually a couple places reached out to me. I will give them their dues. Audible reached out to me and said, we'll change your name on the book you did for us, which was very sweet. And then you can't change the covers of the books, you know, but um, Simon and Schuster reached out and changed it on their website. Like I will give them, they, they approached me, which was lovely. There's a lot that I, I can't control. Like there's so many YouTube videos. There's so many um, things. It does suck when I try to post something from the past that I'm proud of and it's like on there. It's not really anything I can do about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that that is, it's, I think I deeply relate to people saying you're going to lose your audience. Like if you change your name, how are people going to find you? Which by the way, I didn't even change it that much, but, um, <laughs> that was a factor too, was not changing it that much so that people could still find me. And often when I do TikToks and stuff, I'll say, Hey, this is Gabe Dunn. If I look familiar, 
head on back to 2015. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they, I'll try to be like, you know, people in the comments will be like, why does this person look familiar? And I'll be like, think real hard. <laughs> just think, just do a little, just do a little think. Um, and so some people get it and some people don't. And it's like, I just, I just have to be like, okay, I give you some clues. 2015, BuzzFeed, put, think about it, think about it. And you got it, you know? So it is, it's hard. They will tell you like, you know, it's, it's bad for branding or something. That is, that was a big concern for me. Yeah. I haven't changed my name right before my, my lesbian book came out. So then, <laughs> so then I, I do get, I do get a lot of people just assuming that, you, you know, they assume that I'm a lesbian and I'm a woman and it's like, read the bio. Yeah. <laughs> but, one of but, the things that, one of the things that made me that pushed me forward to actually change my name and like transition was I was identifying as non-binary. I was using they, them. I still had my same first name and I got canceled for, I don't know, the third time. It happens periodically. Uh, It's like a hurricane. You can't predict it. So I got canceled again. And part of the cancellation was a lot of people when they were discussing the cancellation, they would say, oh, it's because this woman said this. Or, oh, it's because this girl, this girl said this. And seeing that in mass, like seeing like so many articles and so many um, tweets that were like explaining the situation and going, oh, this girl said this. I like was upset about the cancellation, but I was also like, why am I so deeply upset at being mischaracterized as a woman all over the internet right now? Like this is, this is deeply upsetting to me. Yeah. No, it is. That was one of the catalysts. And I still get, I still, it doesn't happen as often, but I do still get tagged into women's right. I mean, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I was getting fucking tagged into women's right and things all the time, asking if I wanted to go on international women's day events. And I'm like, <laughs> take a deep breath, because sometimes people just don't know, but I wish to God, you, like you've got Google, <laughs> you know? Um, or they just don't know what agender is. So they're like, I mean, it sucks too, because there are a lot of opportunities. I think now more so there's like trans list of trans writers or list of, you know, trans comedians or whatever. But I knew at the time I was like, well, I'm going to get disinvited from being on the list of female books. I'm going to get <laughs> disinvited. You know what I mean? There's stuff that you do give up. So that is, I see that dilemma. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stand up shows I don't do now because I'm not, uh, I'm a male comic. <laughs> Right. I'm not going to say what I'm not, but I mean, I'm not, you know, it's not, uh, it's just, it's the, the drop off is pre- precipitous. Like honestly, mm-hmm. in stand up comedy, it's wild. Um, uh, oh, I also was just going to, you know, it's like funny that you said, Eli, that, you know, like you could just Google, but I'm like, most people like text asking for an address instead of just writing it down. You know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. the amount of information that people aren't willing to just look up and, and, and like have to ask people directly instead of just like going like, maybe I could find this first, you know, like. I don't think people are being, people, people no. are usually not being, being horrible. There is sometimes yeah. where like, I'll get, I'll get somebody tagging me a women's thing. And like, I actually had to stop saying, please stop doing this. And then friends yeah, have yeah. said as, as, as well. Um, and some people get very upset and angry and, and just continue to, to do it anyway and say no you'll always be a woman and all that and I think so <laughs> but they are luckily they are the, the minority now I, I think mm-hmm. most people have been you know pretty good um but you can't you, you can't change folk like that yeah you can't as I've said to Gabe uh many times and I say on this podcast not just to Gabe but 
I say to Gabe on this podcast, you know, the, <clears throat> do you want to cover the world in leather or do you want to put on shoes? It's like, yeah, at, at a certain point, I, I'm spending my time and my energy in the wrong place. And it could be, you know, better served by me going out into my life instead of like constantly um, debating things that are not up to, de- not up for debate for me. Um, and Eli, I'm curious because, you know, you've, um, you've talked a lot about, you know, finding community and things. And I guess I'm just curious, like what you would say to somebody that's like listening who might potentially be a gender like trying to understand themselves in in new ways like what would you offer them i mean you've given your experience and your timeline of your experience your non-linear experience of that but i guess i'm just like what what no 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 i said that's a compliment no it's a compliment (laughs) and nothing is linear you know um except for like math but um uh and that's why it's not real but um i am curious like what you would want to say to somebody who's like you know, questioning that or, 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 you know, where you were, you know, like what, what do you wish you would have heard from somebody, I guess? Take your time. You don't have to decide today or next week or next month, um, whether you want to change your name or come out as A, B, C or D. You've got, you've got bags of time. And I mean this in the least nasty way, like that nobody really cares. Only you. It means so much to you. Everybody else is just going to be happy with, you know, who you decide that you are. And the ones that, don't, that aren't happy, will, they'll either come around or, they, or they're no worth it, you know. Uh-huh. But everybody is so busy wrapped up in themselves, you know. It, it's just you've only got one life and you need to... You, you know, do the things that you love and the things that you care about and be the person that you want to care about, you want to be. Because I wish that I'd just stuck to my guns in, but I can't go back. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's been wonderful things that have happened because I didn't come out. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's just the way it has went. You know, that's just the way that it's gone for me. Um, And also, if you are worried about coming out, um, find... I write down a list of people that are... I, I wrote down a list of the 10 people that, that I was fairly sure were not going to be cunts. Mm. I was like the most yeah, the least likely to be. And and I started I started with them and I started talking mm. to... I, I went down that list. And, and sometimes people surprise you. And now yeah. you have that list. And then every year you go, you're number nine on the list of less likely to be cunts. You could be number eight. <laughs> and here's the ways in which you can improve. <laughs> well i think that's a great place to end it with the list of not a cunt (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much eli where can where can people find your work and find you um you can find my website is elipercy.com e-l-y-p-e-r-c-y.com and i'm on instagram uh what i can't remember my name is (laughs) I think it's Eli underscore Percy. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be on the podcast because I always listen to it and it's really fun. Oh, man. Thank you. I mean, that's such a dream. And like you were our first international guest, right? Like this is our first international episode. So thank you for being that, Eli. It's really wonderful to meet you. And thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thenewguyspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at thenewguyspod. This podcast is edited and produced by Logan Castrodali, music by Atlas Bishop, and art by Maya Scarpa. Thank you.